0: Welcome to Navigating the Cancer Maze with Grace Goller. Dealing with cancer is by no means easy to handle, but our program aims to make it easier through knowledge. Whether you've been recently diagnosed, are going through treatment right now, or are a survivor, our program will have points that you should hear. And by sharing our stories together, we'll make it truly a life-changing experience that you don't have to go through alone. Now, here is your host grace
1: scholar welcome to navigating the cancer maze i'm your host grace Gawler. did you know that june is cancer immunotherapy month in the usa well today on navigating the cancer maze my guest dr jill o'donnell tommy phd who's ceo and director of scientific affairs of the cancer research institute is going to tell us a bit about immunotherapies The Cancer Research Institute was established in 1953, and it's the world's only non-profit organisation dedicated exclusively to transforming cancer patient care by advancing scientific efforts to develop new and effective immune system-based strategies to prevent, diagnose, treat and eventually cure all cancers. Guided by a world-renowned scientific advisory council, including three Nobel laureates and 26 members of the Academy of Sciences. CRI has invested $263 million in support of research conducted by immunologists and tumour immunologists at the world's leading medical centres and universities, and has contributed to many of the scientific advances that demonstrate the potential for immunotherapy to change the face of cancer treatment. Welcome to the show, Jill O'Donnell-Tome. Hi Grace, thanks very much for having me on. It's really great to have you, Jill. I know you've um, you've had a late night and probably a very early morning. Uh, can you tell our listeners about the role that CancerResearch.org plays in the community um, and in the medical community as well as the public?
2: Cancer Research Institute has been around for more than 60 years, and we're a source of support for research in the area of cancer immunology. So we have been a proponent of this field and really a leader in the field, uh, really supporting basic research right through translational and now clinical research in helping to develop cancer immunotherapies. So we're basically a very well-known entity among the medical community and the research community, and now that we're seeing some real breakthroughs coming through in treating patients. We are working to really increase our awareness among
1: that population too. That sounds like a really great job. I'm thinking, I'm 60 years old, so you've been around in this organization as long as I have been on this planet. Um, Can you describe the recent history of the immune system's role in cancer? This is a very big one for cancer patients. If you could talk about where we've come from with with immunology, where we are now, and where we're going to with the future of immune therapies.
2: Certainly. Well, uh, you know, I think it all starts with the understanding of how the immune system works and what its interaction is with cancer. So over these 60 years, this is the research we have been supporting in understanding how the immune system works. And we all know that we have an immune system, and it protects us against outside threats such as infectious diseases and such. But in the same way that it can protect you against those viruses and bacteria, the immune system also has the ability to do that for cancer. And over the years, we've come, thanks to research, understanding how that actually works and where things go wrong. So basically, cancers are normal cells that have mutated, and when this mutation comes, this transformation, they take on different characteristics, and one of the things they do is they show different proteins, and it is these proteins that act as markers that the immune system can recognize, and it kind of flags them for destruction. So the immune system has this ability to recognize what shouldn't be in your body, and it mounts an immune response to get rid of it. Now, the problem is the immune system also has a natural way of shutting itself off. And this happens even not with cancer but with infectious diseases. You don't want your immune system to continue to function and develop autoimmunity against the normal cells in your body. So there's a natural breaking mechanism that stops your immune system from working once an immune response gets going and taking care of whatever this foreign invader is. So that's a natural history that happens. Now with cancer we've found that we this this natural turning off the immune system may happen too early for cancer and cancer cells then outpace the immune response. And on top of that you have cancer as a very dynamic system that actually evades immune responses. So they have ways to hide themselves from the immune system. And it is through research that we've understood all this and thanks to understanding this we're now able to develop immunotherapies that can overcome some of these obstacles for the immune system to get rid of cancer. And so recently, the biggest excitement in the field has been the development of something called checkpoint blockade. And so what this does is it takes the brakes off the immune system. That natural turning down, we now have a way to stop that immune system from turning down, and therefore it allows the immune system to continue to do the job it does in eliminating cancer. And thanks to this, we're starting to see some pretty really dramatic responses in previously... You know, untreatable cancers where the, the where these immune therapies are delivering long-term responses and, and, and for for many years. So I think we're only at the tip of the iceberg. There's still a lot of more research that has to happen, and we're only seeing these dramatic responses in a subset of patients in certain types of cancer. But the hope and the belief among the scientific community is that these mechanisms are would would apply to all types of cancer, and so we're going to be seeing in the years to come. Much more research are rolling this out to many more types of cancers to see if we can actually develop immunotherapies that will be used to treat, I think, the majority of cancers within the next decade.
1: That's very, very exciting information. Uh, Jill, can you describe some of the key cancer immunotherapy treatments that are available? Things like the therapeutic cancer vaccines, dendritic cell vaccines, Immune inhibitors or modulators, antibodies, and anything in that list that I've missed because it is something the patients are taking a tremendous interest in.
2: Yeah, so immunotherapy is kind of a catch all terms and there's various there are different types of immunotherapies. The ones that I just described Previously, are really what are these immune modulators, these these checkpoint blockades? So that's the ones where there's actually an approved therapy. Uh, of, uh, it's called anti CTLA four, Yervoy, for the treatment of metastatic melanoma, and that's a, a checkpoint blockade. But in investigation, you are right. There are things called cancer vaccines, and in terms of trying to develop the ways to alert the immune system uh, to go after a certain marker on a cancer cell, these are used either by. Pro- Uh, uh, basically isolating the the markers that alert the immune system, or you can use something called dendritic cell vaccines, which the dendritic cell is a type of immune cell that is key to triggering the immune response. And you can basically take these uh, dendritic cells and load them up with the marker that you want them to recognize and kind of jumpstart the immune response. We also have things that are called... um, Obviously, antibodies, and a lot of these checkpoint blockades are antibodies. And there's things like oncolytic viruses patients may hear of. But most of these things are in early stage development. And I think the key going forward is that it's combining these different immunotherapies together because cancer is a wily, uh, you know, uh, target and therefore I think having multiple ways of going after it because the, because cancer cells escape and there's redundancy so you need multiple ways of going after it and I think the future lies in combining these various types of immunotherapies together or also combining them with some standard of care. We're seeing that combining them with radiation or with lower dose chemotherapy that would usually be given that this is also a way that we can end up getting uh, you know responses that could be durable.
1: Jill, you virtually answered some of this question, but I know patients listening to the show will want to know the answer precisely. Are the majority of immunotherapies available to patients now, or do they need to get involved with a clinical trial? How do they go about finding a clinical trial, or whether they should have some kind of immunotherapy?
2: Well, right now, as I said, there's only a a few that have gotten approval in the United States and other places uh, for for standard of care for for things like metastatic melanoma, and there's also a a vaccine that's been approved called Provenge for prostate cancer. But the rest of these immunotherapies are in investigational stages and in various stages of clinical trials from phase one to phase three. So in terms of uh, getting them, patients have to ask their physicians about what clinical trials are out there. We have on the cancerresearch.org site a clinical trials finder that a patient can come on and put information in about their stage of cancer and what type of cancer they have and see if they can be linked up to a specific immunotherapy trial. And as we know, clinical trials have certain criteria, so not every patient is going to be uh, is eligible for every clinical trial. But it's certainly something that I think Patients should be aware that these trials are out there, that they are delivering some very promising results, and it is only through clinical trials and patients joining them that we're going to be able to really understand what's going on and develop new therapies that can really, uh, you know, help all types of cancer patients.
1: Thank you for answering that. Um, You've just returned from the ASCO conference and that's the American Society for Clinical Oncology, for those who don't know. Um, Could you share some of the most exciting breakthroughs and ideas that were discussed at the conference? I've been getting some things online um, because I subscribe. In particular, those pertaining to immunotherapies.
2: Yeah, so I think the the most exciting thing that had come out from the meeting is that there was a report on the follow up of a trial that was reported last year of a combination of these two checkpoint blockades that I spoke of earlier. So this is a combination of ipilimumab and nivolumab. So they are they they are two different checkpoint blockades that work on two different pathways. By com- combining them, they reported just yesterday, I think, at the two-year survival of patients that have been treated with this, and we're seeing an 88% response rate in late-stage melanoma. So these are really remarkable numbers. I mean, these are patients that, late-stage melanoma patients a few years ago, the, the two-year response rate was probably close to zero. So this is a really dramatic response. And of course, it's only in one type of cancer at this point, but it just makes everyone stand up and take notice that if this type of response with doing these combination chemotherapies can be seen in other cancer types, this this is a, you know a major step forward for, for immunotherapies and for cancer patients. And I think we also heard reports of some of these same types of checkpoints now going beyond melanoma. There were reports of this being used in a multiple different cancer types and uh, being pretty you know seeing very decent, decent response rates in those two. So those are, I think, the, the, the two big take-home messages that I heard about immunotherapy.
1: Thank you. Um, how is the, uh, the clinical community reacting to these types of treatments coming into their sphere? Well, you know, I think uh,
2: cancer immunotherapy as an organization, the Cancer Research Institute have been around for 60 years. We've always kind of stayed the course and believed of the potential of, of using your immune system to fight cancer. But it had a, you know, a, a spotty history of having kind of high expectations and then kind of disappointments as things did not really follow through and work out. So I think this is the first time over the last two or three years that you're seeing the medical community outside of just cancer immunologists, but really broadly medical oncologists really taking notice of immunotherapies and I think really believing that this is a new way to treat cancer and it's going to have a major role in treating all types of cancer in the future. I think, you know, just as a a little anecdote, I mean, someone commented, you know, five years ago, like yesterday was the last meeting, the last day of the ASCO meeting, and there was an immunotherapy session, and commented that five years ago, there probably would have been 100 people at this meeting. Yesterday, the room was standing room only, and there was probably more than 1,000 people there. So there is interest among the medical community, and uh, they're taking note. And I think this is great news uh, for cancer patients
1: that is remarkable and so so good to hear Uh, jill we're going to take a break now on navigating the cancer maze and we'll be back shortly to continue with this fascinating discussion with you don't go away folks we'll be back shortly
0: Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Hulvang Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, please contact the clinic via their website at www.hallwang-clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G-clinic.com. Or call us in Germany at 490-7443-964240. Learn to navigate the cancer maze with trusted professionals in cancer health care. The Grace Gahler Institute, a not-for-profit organization with an established track record, a global clientele, and expertise in local and international referrals. The Institute's founder has almost 40 years' experience as a multidiscipline cancer strategist with a focus on finding options and implementing personalized care for cancer patients. The Grace Gahler Institute can help you navigate the cancer maze. Why not email the Institute today at institute at gracegahler.com or visit their website at gracegahlerinstitute.com. You are tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. International callers may dial in to 480 553 5759. You may also send an email to institute at grayscholar.com. Now, back to
1: navigating the cancer maze. Welcome back to Navigating the Cancer Maze and uh, today we're talking about the fascinating subject of immunotherapies. Um, Jill, let's take a moment to look at cancerresearch.org's new website slogan. I'm the answer to cancer, I really love that. Um, What are you hoping to achieve from the new website? It was launched just a few days ago.
2: Yes, this is a, a new space for the Cancer Research Institute to be in. As I said, we're really a research organization that has supported scientists and clinicians for many years. But now that we're seeing successes in immunotherapies, we realized there was really a need to increase awareness about what is immunotherapies and how patients can learn about them for, for, for the patient community. So we did launch the AnswerToCancer.org on, on June 1, and this is really a, a new place where... Uh, Cancer pits catering to cancer patients and their caregivers that can come and learn general information about immunotherapies. They can learn how to find a clinical trial, and most importantly, that we're rolling out uh, 30 days, 30 stories. So for the month of June, being Cancer Immunotherapy Month, every day this this month, we're we're putting out a new story about a patient that has been successfully treated with immunotherapy, and we're hoping that this was really going to start a whole new community of their cancer patients can come and hear from another cancer patient directly on how their journey with immunotherapy was and what they can expect if if someone else wants to get on that same journey.
1: Wonderful. Um, In general, how close are we, do you think, to looking at the cures the absolute cures for some cancers using immunotherapies since you started for instance with cancer.org and where you've come to now and you've just mentioned at ASCO that there was more than a thousand people in the room what do you see in the in the future are we looking at five years ten years twenty years what's your view on that
2: well, you know, as a scientist myself, I always kind of avoided using the cure word. I wasn't sure we would ever cure cancer, and we always tended to use control. But I will say these responses that we're seeing now, as I had just noted before, this in late-stage melanoma seeing an 88 response rate after two years, makes you start saying perhaps immunotherapies can bring about a cure. And the reason, you know, there, there's a kind of a scientific basis for that because all of us here understand that the immune system, has the ability to be very specifically seek out something uh, that shouldn't be in your body. It can adapt as that changes. And most importantly, it has memory. We all know we get vaccinated for childhood measles and mumps, and we don't get measles and mumps if you're ever exposed to it. That's because the immune system has memory of that that agent and can respond very rapidly so you don't get get the, the, that disease. So this durability of responses memory is leading to these very durable responses. The responses we're seeing in immunotherapy are not the one month or three week additional you know, survival but overall survival is being impacted and I think Uh, You know, we're not there yet, and this is why, you know, we're around and have to continue doing research, but I think there is a potential within the next 10 years, we might be able to see, again, will we get cure? I don't know, but certainly aiming towards cure, and we're going to see very durable responses from immunotherapies.
1: Uh, You mentioned before um, about using immunotherapies as adjunct therapies. How difficult, then, is it to actually research um, if you're doing a number of therapies and using the adjunct, then, of uh, an immunotherapy?
2: I guess by adjunct, you mean in combination with something else?
1: Yes, exactly. Or a number of things. So
2: so, um, with this, I think we're seeing that... um, it was always thought historically that something like, uh, you know, chemotherapy was the total opposite of using your immune system because we do know chemotherapy leads to uh, a depression of your immune system. But we're now learning again through research that chemotherapies can obviously kill cancer cells and when cancer cells die, they release the markers or the antigens that the immune system sees. So it's almost like a self, it could almost be viewed as a self-vaccination. So if you get anything to release antigen and get the immune system to start recognizing those markers and, and initiate an immune response, and then if you come in with some of these checkpoint blockades that control immunosuppression and also other adjuvant ter- therapies that sustain the immune response, you can see that, you know, it's this combination together that would work in kind of a virtuous cycle to, uh, to, to essentially maybe cure cancer. So I think we're going to see more and more, and there's a lot of clinical trials being developed right now, of combining immunotherapies with standard of care. Uh, and I think, you know, they're going to deliver some pretty exciting results.
1: Mm, thank you, well answered. Um, you mentioned before a little bit about resistance and the proteins that cancer makes. I'd just like to go back to that and wondered if you could explain that a little better. Um, things like MDR1 um, and other resistance proteins, um, how are these being worked with in the terms of immunotherapy? Well, I... Uh
2: as I stated before, cancers are dynamic, and when they do get pressure from the immune system, they have a tendency to want to evade that immune pressure. So they do this by m- many different mechanisms. One is by hiding these markers that are the trigger for the first recognition. So that's one way. They also uh, produce some of these molecules like PDL one which are these, these checkpoints. So by that coming up, it really turns off the immune response. So uh, again, if you find these antibodies now, these anti PD-1 antibodies that are in clinical trials, if they block that signal, it allows the immune response and the immune system to still see and act and kill those cancer cells. So those are the types of, you know, there's all these different redundant mechanisms that the uh, cancer cell has to try to survive. And we, through research, are understanding at the molecular and cellular level what is happening and by understanding those mechanisms then you can develop therapies that can can abort those
1: um could you talk a little bit about cytokines i've been reading some of professor delglish's material on inflammation and cancer and the various markers um could you discuss some of that process as well
2: so certainly uh you know a a Cytokines and, and uh, inflammation is is part uh, you know has a two it's a two sided coin. Chronic inflammation can actually promote cancers, but acute inflammation and this is what happens with an immune response. You you develop certain things like gamma interferon is one of the major cytokines that really triggers the entire immune response. So that's an acute inflammatory mechanism right there that's very important to get rid of cancer. So there's two sides to the coin here and a lot of active research in terms of of understanding what that is. I mean, cytokines are uh, in the mix here and can be used as part of this combination. And I think we don't exactly know how to combine everything together, but this is why we, we continue to do translational research in the lab as well as clinical trials to understand the relationship of cytokines, with checkpoint blockades, with cancer vaccines, and how to use them in the right way, in the right dose, and the right schedule.
1: Thank you for that answer again. I just want to uh, let listeners know that the websites um, that cancerresearch.org are hosting, that's the answer to cancer.org. Uh, is one of those, and cancerresearch.org. Excellent information if you want to go on there and have a look. Now, when you do, you'll find the CRI's immuno community. Can you tell us about that, please, John?
2: So certainly this is new. The uh, the immuno community is something that we're hoping to form uh, through our new website, theanswertocancer.org. And what this is, is we're trying to have cancer patients or their caregivers come on board and engage in a discussion about immunotherapies for cancer. And as I said, it's a way we're hoping as it develops that we will be linking cancer patients with cancer patients. So if a cancer patient has uh, lung cancer, and they're interested in learning about what immunotherapies are available for lung cancer or what clinical trials, they will hopefully be able to be matched up and and and, and connect with another patient that has gone through an immunotherapy treatment for cancer. So I think cancer patients, I think that's, you know, instead of just talking to a healthcare provider, but talking to the patient who has had this experience and learning that having an immunotherapy treatment is very different from going through chemotherapy or radiation. And I think hearing that firsthand from someone who has gone through it is very important. And this is how we're going to develop this immuno community. And we hope that there will be patients that will become almost like an army of advocates, those patients that are very vocal about immunotherapy and are able to assist in raising awareness uh to the general public and to other cancer patients about what is immunotherapy and, and, and what to expect from it. So that's where we're hoping this immuno community will come out of our answertocancer.org.
1: It's a great concept and um, I think is probably a replacement for the current, uh, or an update anyway, for the current forums. Um, Joel, for patients and families listening today, uh, could we go through a number of the cancer types? You've mentioned some already in our discussion Um, some of the ones that have been difficult to treat in the past and not necessarily that uh, there's a treatment available now but even what might be in the pipeline and if you have any patient stories you could uh, add in there in this next uh, say three minutes or so before we go to a break that would be fantastic you've spoken of melanoma um, could you tell us a little bit about uh, someone who's gone through the process that you know of who's had melanoma and used immunotherapy?
2: Yes, there is a, there is a, a patient uh, uh, who uh, is a woman here in, in New York City who was actually, I think, diagnosed with, uh, with melanoma in like 2010. Uh, she was treated uh, with what was available as the standard of care at that point and she had a recurrence in 2011. And she was basically told she had at this point metastatic melanoma advanced, it, the, the prognosis was not good. They weren't sure she was going to live for six months. And she was one of the, the first patients to go on a clinical trial of this combination checkpoint blockade. So this was ipilimumab and uh, an anti-PD-1 antibody. And now. I guess she went on that trial in the fall of 2011. By the winter of 2012, she was in total remission, and now she's two years out and and cancer free and uh, and back to her regular life, and, and certainly a very big proponent of people going on clinical trials. So it's those type of stories that that really you know give you pause to say you know that 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 these are almost miraculous treatments when they work. Um, there's another story in terms of. Um, in, in melanoma, also there's a there's a there's a woman uh, who was you know twenty something years old, and this is this is now ten years ago. Twenty something years old had late stage melanoma, brain metastases, had really exhausted all treatments available, and went on a trial of just one of these checkpoints, the, 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 the ipilimumab trial, and she. Uh, went into total remission, she subsequently has had two children she's 10 years plus out and that is, you know, we call that mom made possible, our story there. And, uh, you know, it's it just almost, it's just so heartwarming and really almost miraculous when you see patients with late stage disease to, to uh, see these type of remissions. So when it works and I'm not saying this works all the time and it doesn't work all the time even with late stage metastatic melanoma patients, but in the patients that it does work, these immunotherapies will be able to deliver very durable responses, and that's what is so exciting about the field right now.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you for that, Jill. I'm sure a lot of Australian people, we have a lot of melanoma here. Um, we'll be very pleased to hear that. Uh, we're going to go to a break now on Navigating the Cancer Maze, and we'll be back shortly. Don't go away.
0: Listen each week to Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller, from the Grace Goller Institute as she interviews cancer medicine experts, researchers, allied health professionals, patients, and caregivers. Navigating the Cancer Maze provides you with information, education, inspiration, and a toolkit that will equip you wherever you are and whoever you are to effectively navigate your way through the cancer maze. The Grace Goller Institute also provides ebook resources. Be inspired. Be empowered. Visit the Institute's website at www.gracescholarinstitute.com or email institute at grayscholar.com. Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Hulvang Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, please contact the clinic via their website at www.hullvang-clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G-clinic.com. Or call us in Germany at 490-7443-964240. You are tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480-553-5759. You may also send an email to institute at com. Now... Back to Navigating the Cancer Maze.
1: Welcome back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. I'm your host, Grace Gawler, and today I'm speaking with Jill O'Donnell-Tormey, who is from CancerResearch.org or the Cancer Research Institute. Um, Before the break, uh, Jill, we were talking about melanoma, and the survival times. Have there been any uh, inroads into one of the really bad cancers, pancreatic cancer, using immunotherapy?
2: Well, again, this is not as far along as we're seeing in, in, in melanoma because melanoma was really the first cancer type to really uh, you know, jumpstart the immunotherapy uh, revolution that's going on now. So there are clinical trials testing uh, different uh, immunotherapies in pancreatic cancer, but I don't really have a... Uh, a long-term 10-year survival story to tell you there. But I think, you know, it, it's early days at this time, and many of these cancers, you know, are, are just being started in immunotherapies. I think outside of, of, of melanoma, the other places where, where immunotherapy has shown some remarkable things is in, uh, in leukemia for uh, acute lymphocytic leukemia. And this is with a different type of immunotherapy called CAR- T-cell therapy, so this is chimeric antigen receptor T-cells, so they basically take the T-cells out of a person's body, they genetically engineer it in terms of what it can see, and give these back, and these are showing, again, some remarkable responses. They started in pediatric cancer, and there is a story of a young girl who was probably Basically, had almost weeks, maybe months to live, and she was given this treatment and had uh, a remarkable response, and is now two years out. And they're seeing that in the clinical trials that have been gone on with this, they're seeing a hundred percent response rate in these pediatric cancers, and they've now moved this on into adult uh, cancers and seeing adult ALL and are seeing uh, similar responses. So that's another area of, of, of real, real promise and a totally different type of immunotherapy. You're, uh, uh, in terms of other cancers, I think where, where the most progress is being made is probably in head and neck, non-small cell lung cancer, and kidney cancer. Most of these are getting into to, to uh, later early stages, uh, clinical trials, and seeing very dramatic responses.
1: That's uh, excellent. Thank you for that. Um, Brain tumours was the last one. Um, I know there's some interesting things going on with uh, genetics and brain tumours and viruses. Um, Do you have any comments about that? In particular, we see, in my practice anyway, quite a lot of people with glioblastoma multiforme. Yeah, GBM is
2: another area that is uh, certainly of of interest, and I think there were even reports at ASCO. These are more early stage trials, but seeing those, you know, again, not across the board, not getting 100% response rates, but seeing indications and signals that immunotherapies can work in in glioblastoma multiforme. And so that is an active area of research, and patients can find clinical trials of immunotherapies there.
1: Thank you. Um, And patients can look on the website. I think there's a number of videos, aren't there, of the patient stories?
2: Yes, yes, there are. And you can find those patient stories if you come to cancerresearch.org slash 30 days, you can find uh, these individual patient stories that we're rolling out this month.
1: Thanks Um, Gillian your experience how aware do you think patients are that there are possible immunology solutions for their cancer and importantly the um, doctors who may not be actually involved in oncology you know your your general practitioner etc how are they updated on these latest developments and what is cancer.org doing for the doctors as well as the patients well i
2: think uh, you know, I, I may feel like we live in a bubble since I live cancer, immunology, cancer <laughs> immunotherapy every day. So, I, you know, we, we are all excited about this and we think everyone knows about it. But I, I'm afraid to say I think the average person on the street, if you ask them about cancer immunotherapies and even a cancer patient, would probably not know much about it. So that was one of the reasons why we did launch the answer to cancer.org to try to, uh, you know, impact that and, and increase the awareness of it. Now, also, I think the same would be said true with, with some, you know, medical professionals. professionals outside of the academic hospitals where the active research is going on. It's an area that these doctors need to be educated in, too. I think, again, from the spotty past that the field of cancer immunology and immunotherapy has had over the last 50 years, there's a feeling, I think, of the general medical oncologists that immunotherapies were tried and failed. And I think they now have to, to re-look at this and see that there, we are in a different place, in a different stage, and we have learned more, and we have a way that we can harness that power of the immune system. So there is a need to educate, uh, you know, uh, medical general practitioners and even oncologists about immunotherapies and there's certainly a big effort I know among the pharmaceutical companies and and other advocacy organizations to really reach out to the healthcare professional and do these educations so there are lots of webinars going around, there's lots of uh, scientific and medical meetings where immunotherapies are becoming a very very big part of the program so more and more people are learning and this data is being you know disseminated down through the ranks and i think we're going to see more of that in the years to come Uh,
1: what cancers jill do you think will struggle in the field of immunotherapy as as helpful solutions it's probably a difficult question to answer but uh, i'm just interested too from a personal point of view
2: You know, I think it might be too early to make those kind of prognostic uh, statements. I think, you know, a a lot hasn't been tried yet, so I think we don't know the answer. There's not data to support if it will or will not work. And it's only because of in the last few years of of really understanding how we can potentially harness and and, and understand the mechanisms that these combinations are being developed. So at this point, I'd like to be optimistic and say, I think immunotherapy could have impact for all cancers. Of course, the, you know, the jury is still out on that. Until we do the research and until we do the clinical trials and see what happens, we won't know that. But at this point, I would say I wouldn't discount any, any cancer that could not be impacted in some way by immunotherapy.
1: I love your good news. <laughs> um, cancer research institutes are not-for-profit organization. Um, How do you go about fundraising and how do you distribute those funds? Do they go throughout the world to various organisations doing this kind of research?
2: Well, the Cancer Research Institute relies only on philanthropic donations, so we have no government or state support. So our funding comes from individuals and foundations and corporations that are interested in supporting research that will really learn, you know, aim at developing effective immunotherapies. Uh, These funds that we raise... uh, are distributed around the world in, uh, uh, through through our various research programs. We have a longstanding postdoctoral fellowship program, we have a translational grant program, and we have a clinical program called our clinical accelerator. So these, uh, we have a, a, a volunteer scientific advisory council that reviews all applications and judges the, the scientific quality of, of the proposed research. And we fund as much research as we can on an annual basis. So we raise our annual budget each year. We're not an endowed organization. We rely on the generosity of people who are interested in supporting research that will have great impact in in, in cancer. So uh, that's what we do. It's it's Half of my job is fundraising each year as well as being the exciting job of overseeing the program. So it's it's wonderful to be able to finally point to some major impact uh, having been around for so long and really been the leader in the field that has funded the research that was the building blocks that have gotten us to where we are and there's still more to do.
1: Great. Now, with June being Cancer Immunotherapy Month, uh, could you tell our listeners about White Out Cancer Day, what you hope to achieve and how they can get involved with that day?
2: Well, White Out Cancer Day is coming up. It's Friday, June 6th. And uh, this is really a a social media movement, uh, primarily to encourage people to wear white in celebration of Cancer Immunotherapy Month. And uh, to really, it, it would really represent the, the potential of immunotherapy to treat all cancers. We ask people to wear white on this coming Friday and if they can take photos of themselves in white and upload them to social media sites using hashtag whiteoutcancer. And if they add a few sentences there of why they think and believe in immunotherapy, um, it would be great so it's, a, it's a really again it's an awareness campaign trying to get people out to be aware and ask about why you're wearing white and what is immunotherapy and you know we have a, a Facebook event page you can search white out, white out cancer and you can find it and uh, we hope that this is the beginning of a real movement
1: I believe Olivia newton johns come on board to support the cause um, how is her involvement helping you?
2: Yeah, we're very lucky. Uh, you know, Olivia has been a, a great proponent of immunotherapy, so she agreed to tape a PSA in support of both the Cancer Research Institute and our new website, theanswertocancer.org. So she certainly believes in wellness, and, uh, and she's a, a, such a beloved person. And I think, you know, having her on board and, and having that celebrity star effect around our efforts, uh, it can only help. And we're really pleased and thankful for that.
1: Now, if listeners today um, want to help in some way, um, donate or help to fundraise, what's the best avenue for them? Uh, which part of the website, where should they actually look, or should they call your office? You
2: no, know, they can do either thing. I mean, obviously, if you go to cancerresearch.org, there are prominent places where it says to donate, and you can certainly find that. You can also call our, our 800 number. And I should know that off the top of my head. And I, at this point, it's uh, one eight. I think it's one eight hundred. I don't know if this will work in, in in Australia though. So maybe I shouldn't even give that number. Uh, but for the rest of the people, it's uh, it's one 99 cancer.
1: Okay, one 99 cancer. And for Australians, they can just go to the World Wide Web. <laughs> yes. Okay, uh, Jill, we've come to the end of our third session on navigating the cancer maze. I think I could talk to you for uh, ages about this subject, but we're going to take a break now and we'll be back shortly.
0: Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Hulvang Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, please contact the clinic via their website at www.hallwang-clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G-clinic.com. Or call us in Germany at 490-7443-964240. Learn to navigate the cancer maze with trusted professionals in cancer health care. The Grace Scholar Institute, a not-for-profit organization with an established track record, a global clientele, and expertise in local and international referrals. The Institute's founder has almost 40 years' experience as a multidiscipline cancer strategist with a focus on finding options in implementing personalized care for cancer patients. The Grace Gahler Institute can help you navigate the cancer maze. Why not email the Institute today at institute at gracegahler.com or visit their website at gracegahlerinstitute.com. You are tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480-553-5759. You may also send an email to institute at gracegahler.com. Now, back to Navigating the Cancer Maze.
1: We're back on Navigating the Cancer Maze with our last session today with Jill O'Donnell-Tommy from Cancer Research Institute. That's cancerresearch.org. And we're talking about immunotherapy. If you've just tuned into the show, be sure to download and listen to what you missed because there's some very, very interesting material here for you today if you have cancer or you know someone who has or a family member who has um, getting back to the websites again, uh, Jill, there's a list on there of five things that you can do right now in terms of um, cancerresearch.org's campaign. What are they? Well, the
2: first would be become a fundraiser. So you can either start your own fundraising page or you can host an event where you raise money to support the Cancer Research Institute and our immunotherapy efforts. And you can find all of that on the website cancerresearch.org. You could also participate in whiteout cancer, which I just spoke of previously on June 6th. So wear white that day. Upload pictures and sentiments of why you believe in immunotherapy to uh, hashtag whiteoutcancer. You could shop at 1-800-Flowers.com, we have a partnership with 1-800-Flowers and they've developed a, can- a, a flower campaign that Stay Strong and Smile collection and 10% of net proceeds of any of those flowers bought will be given to the Cancer Research Institute. You can also inspire others by sharing your personal story or your cancer immunotherapy journal journey on org. And you can take the pledge. It's really just to tell someone you love about cancer immunotherapy. So you can find all this on our website at cancerresearch.org.
1: Fantastic. Um, Companies and corporate sponsors, people who may be listening today and are thinking this is a good idea because uh, what has been put out there in the media so often is that there's very, very little development in finding the answer to cancer. Um, And I think a lot of companies and corporate sponsors would be very interested in this. Can you tell us about CRI's strategy? It's called the Clinical Accelerator, I believe. Could you speak about that a little bit?
2: Accelerator is the Cancer Research Institute Clinical Strategy, and this is where we are actually funding and developing clinical trials using an international network of scientists and clinicians to design those trials, and we partner. With uh, pharmaceutical and biotech companies to gain access to their various immunotherapy drugs to be used in these trials, so it's a great partnership. It's a it's important to bring not only the academic scientists together, but also uh, pharmaceutical company scientists together, and we're I think addressing a need to help that we hope will accelerate the development of, of immunotherapies. Uh, corporate sponsors can also have also been very important in really supporting our cancer immunotherapy month. There are. Supporting the webinars that we host uh, throughout the month on cancer immunotherapies, and have really gotten behind Wear White and uh, and are supporting our efforts. So uh, it, it's been a very good partnership.
1: Thank you, Jill. Um, can you share with us something about your personal passion for immunotherapies? What got you interested in the first place?
2: Well. I'm, I'm a, a PhD, I'm a cell biologist by training, and I have always, was always interested in, in research in general, but then uh, my mother, uh, when I was in graduate school, was diagnosed with ovarian cancer, and I watched her suffer through treatment and, you know, and, and eventually succumb to the disease, and it really made me very passionate about cancer. And I think the way I got into looking into the immune system is that it just makes intuitive sense that we have this great innate ability within ourselves to protect us against all types of foreign invaders and and infectious disease and cancer and it's a remarkable system and it it, it really keeps us healthy and I think there was a need to understand more about how the immune system works and, and interacted with cancer and it just made a lot of sense to me, logical sense, that if we could harness this power, this great power that we have in the body that has multiple redundancies, multiple pathways, major ways to work that it could really become an effective uh, treatment for cancer. And I have just been very lucky to be associated with the Cancer Research Institute for many years and watch uh, what our funding has been able to do, what our scientists have been able to uncover and discover. And seeing you know, research is, is, is a long road. Things don't happen overnight. But watching the progress of the building blocks of understanding that can really lead to... Uh, harnessing this power and developing effective therapy. So it's been a very uh, gratifying journey to be involved with this organization, involved with all the many scientists and clinicians that I've interacted with over the year that have had the same passion that I have to see immunotherapies come to fruition. And um, thankful that I'm still here and it's, able to see it in my lifetime, and I think we're going to see more in the next decade.
1: Uh, Jill, do you do any uh, talks, uh, speaking engagements for the general public um, or particular groups or do you mainly speak to medical practitioners because I I was thinking if anyone also is listening today and hosts events, um, do you have people from the organisation such as yourself who uh, can go out and talk about this important subject?
2: Well, we would be happy to do that. I mean, I think traditionally we have mostly been in the scientific community, but as uh, we are now seeing successes, it, I think it's incumbent on us to get out there and increase awareness and, and tell the story to everyone. So we'd certainly be happy to, uh, to have speaking engagements and, and get, uh, you know, send people out to really tell the story because I think it's important for patients to understand that this is an option they're going to be hearing more about cancer immunotherapies, and they should have themselves educated and informed to see if it's potentially right for them. And uh, so I think awareness and education is extremely important.
1: Great. And what do you do in your spare time, Jill?
2: <laughs> you <having> <laughs> Well, um, I do like to play golf, so I do try to play golf, and I'm also a... Um, uh, a big baker. I I bake. Uh, I, I like to cook, but I especially like to bake. So I do these these big dessert parties, and uh, I, I make about twenty five different desserts. I take a week off from work every between Christmas and New Year's every year, and host a big party where I I do desserts. So that's That's something I really do. And I also like to garden, too. I'm a big gardener. So I have lots of activities
1: outside work, but there never seems to be enough time for everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, I know the feeling. Um, So we're going to close now. Jill, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm sure this conversation is going to help and encourage and inspire many people and educate many people about cancer immunotherapy. Remember, folks, it's June. It's Cancer Immunotherapy Month. And remember to look at the websites, cancerresearch.org in particular, and uh, you'll be directed from there to a whole host of other information. And you can check out um, the websites mentioned during the show, plus more information on my blog, grayschoolandmedia.com, where everything will be listed, some press releases, etc., about this wonderful, wonderful work being done by um, Cancer Research Institute. And by our um, guest today on Navigating the Cancer Maze, Jill O'Donnell-Tormey. Thank you so much for um, your time in being with us today.
2: Well, thank you. It's been a great pleasure.
1: Bye for now.
0: Thank you again for listening to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Please join your host, Grace Goller, again next Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember, cancer is not something you have to face alone.